Praise God. The series that we're uh, working through this month is Partners with God. Partners with God. And, and I'm blessed tonight to minister and uh, to allow God just to, to use our lives and to speak to us tonight. So we pray that the Holy Spirit would just speak to us and give us insight. You have your Bibles. Uh, our text is going to be Philippians chapter 4. We'll dive into that in a moment, but it's going to be Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And as we talk about being partners with God, the truth is, is that God desires to be in relationship with you and I all throughout the Word of God. That is God's motivation. He loves His children. He loves His creation. He loves us so much more than we could ever imagine. And God desires to be in covenant relationship with you and I. And because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, you and I can have a close relationship of father and son or father and daughter relationship with Almighty God. Isn't that good news tonight? Because of what Jesus has done for you and I, because he died for us, because God is a holy God and he will not have anything impure in his presence. But because of Jesus, you and I have direct, direct access to the throne of God. And that's good news. That's something that we should always remember. And we thank God for that. And with any relationship, with any covenant there are benefits and promises that come along with that. If you think of any royal family uh, throughout the world, there are benefits that their children and offspring and generations have because they are part of that lineage and part of that covenant. And it's so much greater with you and I as the children of God. Can you say amen? We have so many benefits. In the book of Psalms, I believe, the writer says that, that I will forget none of his benefits. None of his benefits. He who forgives all our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. There are benefits that we have as children of God. You have to understand that tonight. In every area of your life, there are benefits that you have. For God to be Jehovah Jireh, your provider. To be your healer. To be your rear guard. To be your buckler and your shield. To protect you. To give his angels charge over you. The word of God is full of benefits that you and I have. And one of the benefits that we're going to talk about tonight is peace. The peace of God. We're going to talk about God's peace tonight. Not a worldly peace, but peace that comes from Almighty God. And we need God's peace because truth be told, we worry about so many things, don't we? No one really had to I don't know, teach us about, about worrying. We, we can do that very well on our own. Situations come up in circumstances, and, and automatically we could begin to worry and concern ourselves, and, and, and we stress about these things. We need God's peace because we can stress about so many things. There's an article in Health Magazine entitled, What is the Most Stressful Job? And here are a couple of examples talking about stress. Number nine on the list uh, was being a waitress. Imagine that, dealing with all, with all the orders and all the different types of personalities and demands. Number eight up on the list, customer complaint worker. Number seven, a journalist. Number six, stockbroker. Number five, medical intern. Number four on the list of most stressful jobs, air traffic controller. Number three, a miner. And not our young, we're not talking about the young folks in this place tonight or those watching. A miner, and actually someone that goes and digs and mines, right? A miner, that kind of miner. The miner's like, yeah, that's a hard job. The miner's just saying, you know my parents? 
No, not that kind of minor. Number two, a police officer. And number one, the most stressful job, according to this article, is an inner-city high school teacher. Remember all that you put your teachers through? <laughs> inner-city high school teacher. So worry and stress is something that we are very familiar with, and we're going to see tonight how God's peace can help us in this area. How God's peace can help us not to worry, not to be overcome by stress and by worry. One man said that worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but never gets you anywhere. Isn't that the truth? So tonight as we talk about partnering with God in this series and we talk about the topic of of God's peace, the fact is, and what we're going to learn tonight, is that you and I have a responsibility to play. We have a responsibility when it comes to having God's peace in our lives. There are things that we need to do as God's children to experience his peace because I know we all want peace. I know we all have situations that we need God's peace in. But you and I as believers, as children of God, we have things that we have to do according to God's word for us to have the peace of God. And we're going to learn about that tonight. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. We're going to read verse 6 and 7, and then we're going to break it down. Here we go. The Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Praise God tonight. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this blessed opportunity, Lord, to come into your presence. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, Holy Spirit, that you would give us understanding in in your word and that you would bring revelation. Lord, that we would learn what your peace is and that we would learn how to trust in you, Father God, to be able to cast our cares upon you, Father. And I pray that you would just have your way tonight. We thank you for what you are already doing, God, and we thank you for the chains that you're going to break tonight in Jesus name we thank you for the victory that you've given us Lord and we just praise you we ask in Jesus name and we all say amen praise God so we look at the peace of God and we have to first look at our responsibility when it comes to the peace of God and the first thing according to Philippians 4 6 as the Bible says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything that's responsibility number one for you and I pray about everything. And what does, it, what does that tell us? That nothing is too big for God's concern or his ability. And in the same way, nothing is too small for his concern and his ability. The full scope of our lives, every situation that you and I face God is concerned about it, and God is aware of it. The Bible says, pray about everything. Nothing is too large or too small for God's care and for God's concern. And we have to understand this. We have to get into the habit of about praying about things. I know throughout our day we can get so busy, and some of us are accustomed to control, truth be told. 
to having control over your situation, over your world and your realm and what, what you're involved in, having control. And, and, and it may be very difficult for you to, to give up that control because you're so used to it. Perhaps your upbringing and there are different things that you've gone through and you felt that you always have to have control. But the Bible says that we have to pray about everything. We have to give it to God. Now, there are a few types of people when it comes to the topic of worrying. There are those who bring nothing to God. Nothing. The ones that say, I can handle it. I'll take care of it. In life, I'll make my own breaks. If I make it, it's because of me. If I don't make it, it's because of me. People that bring nothing to God. Do everything themselves. They boast on their independence and their own abilities. That's one type of group. Now, there is a next group that brings some things to God in prayer. Some, just some things. The things that we may qualify as, as concerning to God. The rest of the details, the rest of the issues, God, I got this handled. Don't worry about it. I know you're busy up there. I'll take care of it. But, Lord, these, these big situations I'll bring to you. And I think this bucket fits many believers. Many people dwell in this realm of bringing just certain things to God. And when things begin to get out of control, what happens? Then we take it to God. And in a way, God becomes second. He's the second solution that we seek. First, it was us. My ability. My wisdom. What I can control. What I can make happen. But when it spins out of control, because we're trying to do it on ourselves, then we run to God. We don't turn it over to God until it becomes too heavy. And I'd venture to say tonight, there, there are things that we're carrying tonight that it's not God's will for, for you to, care, to be carrying. You were not designed to carry that burden. The Bible tells us to pray about everything. But some of us are so heavy laden and burdened because we're not used to giving it we don't want to give it up to Jesus. We don't want to give it to him. We, we feel that we can handle it. For whatever reason, we feel that we will maintain control of this situation. And we're walking through our day tired, frustrated, and burdened because we are carrying things that God has not called us to carry. Those are folks that bring some things to God. Then, then there's the third category of those who bring everything to God and take this scripture and run with it. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. We bring everything to God. Whether it be small, whether it be a large situation, whether it be something that, that we think is, is bigger than, than anything we've ever faced, but even the small details where we need God's wisdom and we want to invite God to have wisdom over this situation in our lives, I'll tell you what, it will save us a lot of trouble. Pray about everything. It's an attitude that we have to develop. It's something that we have to, to cause to be habit in our lives. And for some, praise God, it may be a habit that you have going and praise God, God's helping you with that. But for others, it's something that you're going to have to develop. You're going to have to 
consciously remember that, okay, I'm going to pray about this, and that's going to be my attitude. I'm going to have an attitude of prayer throughout the day, and you will see how it will change things in your life. Can you say amen? Having a prayerful attitude about life when things press on us, when things create stress and anxiety, our first response will be to run to God, and that's how God designed it. The Bible says, pray about everything. So that's the first responsibility that we have. The second responsibility is that we be thankful. We have to be thankful. Now, the latter part of Philippians 4, 6 in our text, it says, and thank him for all he has done. Thank him for all he's done. Be thankful. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 17, let's read that scripture tonight. The Bible says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. That's a promise tonight. Amen? That's good news. You're called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Do we see that? Peace is mentioned. Now the Bible says always be thankful. We see that in Philippians 4, 6 as well. Let the message, in verse 16, let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Man, this is good stuff. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. With all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. This is the recipe for the peace of God. Verse 17, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Are we, are we hearing what God's saying there, that it's tied into thanks, to having a heart of thanksgiving, a, a, a heart that is grateful? If we do that, we will experience the peace of God. Having the thankful heart. As we've learned there, we understand in the Word of God that a spirit of thankfulness always shows up in scriptures that talk about peace. When you find God talking about supplying peace, you'll also find him talking about having a thankful attitude. Now, what is the anatomy of a thankful heart? Let's look at that. I want to look at a few points. First, a thankful heart is a heart of gratitude. Being grateful. Being grateful for what you have. I know we can so easily be ungrateful for what we don't have, right? Maybe it's there at your job or, or at your workplace, and, and, and you're, you're seeking for a promotion, and, 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 and you're bickering and complaining. Why? Because you're not being grateful for what God's given you. We take our eyes off what he's blessed us with and what he's given us, and we look at what we don't have. That's where ungratefulness comes from. But a thankful heart implies gratitude. A thankful heart also implies perspective. That a person can be thankful in the midst of huge problems and situations and pressures because focusing on God, they understand that God has the big picture in mind and in control. A thankful heart implies perspective. A thankful heart implies maturity. That heart that shows emotional strength. Although emotions get involved sometimes, that it's not going to pull us here or there because we're thankful for what God's given us. A thankful heart implies submission. Why? Because you understand that God is sovereign. You may desire this thing and you may be praying about this thing, but if, if perhaps you're in an arena in a time of being patient, you understand that God is sovereign, and you're still able to be thankful because you know God is sovereign and he's in control. The situation that you may be in right now, it may not be your ideal situation, 
You may be praying for God to, to, to take you out of that. But God will give you the peace in that situation to be victorious. You'll understand that God is sovereign. And although you're in that situation that, you're not, that is not very tasteful right now, you're understanding that God is sovereign and he's working something beautiful in your life. See, God, at, at the snap of his fingers, he can extract you from that situation. He can change everything around you. He has a power to do that. But he also has the power to give you and I peace in that situation and help us to develop and to grow and to mature in situations that, that don't taste good sometimes. That's God's sovereignty. And as you and I are thankful, we'll have a submissive heart and we'll understand that and we'll have the peace of God. So when it comes to the peace of God, our responsibility is one, to pray about everything. And secondly, to be thankful. Thank him. Thank God for what you have. Thank God for your husband. Thank God for your wife. Thank God for your car. Thank God for your job. Thank God for your children. Thank God for your ministry. There's so much that we could thank God for, right? We don't have to look far to all, for all the things that God's given us. Thank him. Thank him for your health. Thank him for the abilities that he's planted in you. Thank him that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. God's, God's done some great things in your life. Thank him for, for your testimony and where he's pulled you out of. Think back. Where were you last year? For some of our newer folks, or for those, those that have been around a while, where were you before Christ? Some of you were sitting in a cell. Some of you were facing years of incarceration. But look at you. You're here in the house of God. Some of you were on the verge of divorce, but, there, but now you're happily married. Some of you were on your deathbed, but here you are today in the presence of God. God is so good tonight. God's been good to us. Be thankful, church. Let's be thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Now we look at God's responsibility when it comes to peace. Now, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 in our text, the Bible says this, then you will experience God's peace. Okay? So we learn in verse 6 that we don't worry about anything, but we pray about everything. Okay? That's the first thing. Then we thank him for what he's done. Now, in verse 7, that key word there is then. You could replace that perhaps with as a result or because of that, okay? Because of what you've done, because you've prayed about everything, because you're thankful. Now listen to the result. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. You will experience God's peace. Praise God. And as I said, God has the ability to change any situation. He can. But he gives us the peace. Yes, I pray. God, change it. If it's your will, change it. Bring me out of this. But God, no matter what, I know that you're going to give me your peace. As we look at God's peace, we understand that peace is something that we will experience. Okay? After Paul says, pray about everything and be thankful, he says that we will experience God's peace. We will experience it. Okay? You will experience, that's the promise for you and I. That's God's peace for you and I. When you are thankful and when you pray about things, you will experience God's peace. That's God's word for you tonight. Perhaps you walked in through these doors and you're on your last rope. You're fed up with the situation. But I'll tell you what, God has his peace there for you. God wants to just shower your situation with peace. He wants to shower your heart with peace. Peace beyond human control. Peace beyond situations. 
peace that is unconditional, right? Because the world's peace, it's, it's easy to have that peace, right? Because when things are going right, when maybe there's, there's, there's money in the bank or when you're healthy or when your car's running good or when your children are, are, are obeying you and when everything's going right in your home and it's your job, then yes, of course, it's easy to have peace there. But what about when things don't, are not going our way? We can still have the peace of God, and that's God's peace. Secondly, the other facet of God's peace is that it exceeds anything that you and I can understand. So the revelation here is that we don't have to understand it. You don't have to understand how you're going to have peace in that situation. But the Bible says you'll have peace. You don't have to understand it. We can't understand it. We can't understand God's peace, but the promise for you and I is that we'll have God's peace. Perhaps you're in an arena of waiting in your life right now. God's working patience in your life. You can have peace in that situation. And you know what this does, church? This helps us to enjoy what God's given us. It helps us to enjoy the journey. Today is a gift. The fact that you and I woke up this morning... That's a gift of God. The fact that you and I have breath in our lungs, that's a gift of God. But what happens when we don't have God's peace? We're robbed of, of enjoying what God's given us. We don't enjoy our jobs. We don't enjoy our financial situations. We don't enjoy the relationships that God's blessed us with. And I understand that, that we desire things to get better, and we're always looking forward and praying for, for things to improve. I understand that. But enjoy the journey. Enjoy it. You and I will never get today back. And if I'm preoccupied about tomorrow and next month, and I'm preoccupied about what I don't have and where I'm not at and, and how things are at my job, all these things, right? We could, we could make lists. We so easy, easily can do that. But if we preoccupy ourselves, it's robbing us and it's blinding our eyes from the blessings that God has all around us. The fact that God's carrying you that he's healed you, that you're sitting next to you, the love of your life, your husband and your wife, that you guys have been through so many things, and here you are. You're in your right mind. It exceeds anything we can understand. You know, this last year uh, has, been, has been trying, I, I think, in so many aspects. I think the world is in just has been, been through a, a trial in the last year, year and a half. And, and, and I think back in my life and late last year and how, how sick I was. I mean, hospitalized sick and, and sickest as I've ever been. And, and just thinking that things will get better, right? Sometimes we have hope and we're praying and, and you just hope that you're getting better and it's not happening and it's not happening until you have to make that. I remember the day that... that my wife and I, we were praying and believing, but you got to go to the hospital, man. You got to go see what's going on. And I, and I check in, and they give me, they, they, they slap me with the news that, you know, you're being admitted. You're not going anywhere. You're being admitted. And then they, they, they call for the ambulance. And, and before I know it, I'm sitting in the back, back of an ambulance being transferred where, where I would have never imagined that was going on. And, and here I am going through, through my situation, right? But there's my, my wife, and we were just talking about this last night. My wife and my children have, having to, to realize that, that her husband and, and my, my children, their daddy's going to the hospital. He's very, very sick. And for me, 
I was having to trust God. I was having to believe in God, and I know there were so many prayers that were, that were being prayed for me. And, and, and I, I could say that I'm, I'm here, first of all, because of Jesus and his goodness, but because of a praying wife. Thank you, Jesus. And as we were, we were driving home last night, my wife was just, just sharing how God, every step of the way, was there for her. That when she was on the verge of thinking that, you know what, I, I, I can't take this anymore, I can't handle it, she would get a... A tech, an encouraging text message at that moment. And then there would come another moment, perhaps, and, and just, just on the verge of just like, like, what's going on? Then a phone call would come. And many of you tonight reaching out with a phone call, with an encouraging word, showing up with food, showing, I mean, you know, the body of Christ just, just rising to the occasion. And what it did for us is, it, is, is God worked through that, and it gave us peace in our situation. It gave us peace, and it was able to help my wife get through and our children get through. It was able to help me get through. Why? Because God knows our need. And every step of the way, as you and I trust in him, as we seek him in prayer, and I'll tell you what, there was a lot of prayer going on. As we do that, every step of the way, God will be there with you. He will meet you there. He will give you peace for your situation. My heart right now is, is going out to our, to our men's home. My brothers, as you're faithfully serving God, there's a time of patience, but God's giving you peace, and I encourage you, just trust in him. I understand you have families, you have your loved ones, right, and your heart's dying to get back to them, I, I, I could imagine, but God's working something beautiful in your life. Be patient, let God's peace work in your life, and I'll tell you what, you're going to be such a blessing to everyone that's around you, I encourage you, you guys are such an example. We appreciate our men's home and all that God's doing there, right? Love you guys. God's doing such a great work in your life. Stand fast. Stand fast, and God's peace is there for you. Five steps to peace tonight. Let's look in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I want to look at this, and we're going to break it down here. The Bible says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns and your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? He asked that question. Verse 28, why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what am I going to eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The first thing that we have to do if we want God's peace. Five steps is one, is to relax. Relax. Enjoy the ride. God's our Savior, right? Jesus is our Savior. He has everything in control. We believe that, right? 
God is in control. So what, what does that tell us? Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. Relax. There in verse 25, I tell you not to worry about your life. Don't worry about having something to eat or drink or wear. Isn't life more than food or clothing? God is concerned with everything that's going on in your life. You don't have to carry that burden. All you have to do is trust in Jesus. Trust in him. Pray about everything and thank him and relax. Enjoy it. Enjoy the process. God's working in your marriage. Perhaps God's restoring. Enjoy the process. You're seeing right before your eyes God do miracles. Enjoy the process of raising your children. As crazy as they may be, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process because you'll never get today back. Tomorrow they're going to be one day older. And as crazy it is right now, enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. Every day, understand that God is aware of your basic needs and he's going to meet the need. Secondly, value yourself. Value yourself. You know why? Because God values you. You know what the Bible says? You're the apple of his eye. You are the apple of his eye. So if God values you, you have to value yourself. We can have such a low esteem sometimes, right? A low opinion of ourselves. And I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about pride and humility. We understand that it all comes from Jesus. But value yourself. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no one else like you. That's right. There's no one else like you. You are priceless. You're one and only. There's no one else like you. Value yourself. The Lord says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest. They don't even store grain in barns, yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. Aren't you worth more than birds? Did anyone this morning, let me ask you, throughout the day, did anyone hear any birds chirping or singing throughout your day? Right? Okay, so were they concerned about the car they were driving? No. Were they concerned about the clothes that they had on or what outfit they were going to wear or the amount of money that they had in their bank account? or what their boss thinks about them, or what so-and-so thinks about them, or what social media says about them. Do you think they care? No, they understand that God is going to provide for them, and all they're concerned about is today, and that's why they can sing. If you and I, church, can understand that all God's given us is today, that all we have to worry about is trusting God today, loving God today, doing what he's called us to do today, we can sing too. If we understand that, the simplicity, thank you, Jesus, of the gospel, Value yourself. I was reading a statistic that the murder rate in the United States has increased by, from 2019 to 2020 by 1,200 murders. And I would think that there is a, 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 out there in the world, there's a lack of value of human life. It's tragic. And we see the results. And that's, that, that should not be labeled on God's people. And again, not arrogance, not pride, but you are valuable, and we value life, we value ourselves and what God's doing. Third, accept yourself. Verse 27, Jesus asked him, could worry make you live longer? Right? We're so concerned about looking different. We're so concerned about, about acting different. And I know God's making us better each and every day, and we're becoming more and more Christ-like but we could get preoccupied and dissatisfied with ourselves and we start to judge ourselves based on other people's opinion of us rather than on what God says about us. 
And what's the result? People are chasing so many things in this world to one-up the person next to them, to one-up their neighbor so that they can feel better. Accept yourself. Strive to be better, but thank God for what he's done in your life and what you have and who you are. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Amen. So we, we have to relax. We have to value ourselves, accept ourselves. Number four, we have to focus. Focus on God. Focus on God. In verse 32, as we're talking about basic needs, Jesus said this, such a powerful statement, only people who don't know God are always worried about such things. That's such a statement because I've been in that place where I'm worried about my basic needs. But what is Jesus' what is Jesus's view on that? He says, only people who don't know God are always worried about such things. That's convicting for me. Because if I'm starting to get into that realm and I'm worrying about all these things that God already told me he's going to take care of, am I becoming like an unbeliever? Is there some doubt filling my heart? I think so. Church, trust God with every need that, that, that we have, and he will meet the needs. We're promised that. So focus on God. Focus on today, verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow. It will take care of itself. You have enough to worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. God is in control. He's God of, of tomorrow. You and I have been entrusted with today. It's not our burden to carry tomorrow. And many of the things that we worry about isn't it true that they never happen? Many of the fears that we have, they never come to pass. And many times we're spinning our wheels and we're worried about things that don't ever come to pass. God's saying, worry about today. I've given you today. Today is your gift. I have next month taken care of already. I have that, that performance review that's coming up or that, that final exam that's coming up at school for you or, 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 or next year or next month or, or whatever it is. I have that, in, God's saying, I have that under control already, already. That is my arena. That is my business. I'm already working that out. You, all I've asked you to do is to just deal with today. Oh, gosh, but you don't know my, my, my son or my daughter. They're going to be a teenager. They're 12 years old. They're going to be a teenager next year. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Or, or they're, they're on the verge of this age or, or this or that. And, and we're worrying about so many things. But God says, deal with today. Be faithful with today. Thank me for today, and I'm going to work out tomorrow. He's the God of, of the future. He's the one that's going to take care of it. So focus on God. Focus on today. And lastly, the last step to peace is to consecrate ourselves. Verse 33. But more than anything else, put God first and do what he wants. Then all other things will be yours as well. Consecrate yourself. Let your life be set apart for God's use. Each and every day, let that be our prayer. God, use my life today. Lord, use my life. Consecrate me, Lord. Cleanse me so that I could be holy and, 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 and used by you. Consecrate ourselves. Relax, value ourselves, accept ourselves, focus, and consecrate ourselves. And with that, that's the formula for peace tonight as the worship team makes their way up tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Church, God has so much for us. And I know life happens. I know situations get crazy and, and, and things sometimes come out of left field. 
You didn't even see it coming. But no matter what, when we trust in God, we have his peace. And his peace will keep us. His peace will guard us. The Bible says the peace of God shall guard your hearts and minds. Guard your hearts and minds. And what this is, is gives us a picture of guards standing watch over a city and keeping the city from being plundered by the enemy. That's what God's peace will do for you. See, when we don't have peace, when things arise, our joy is out the window. And we begin to have a negative outlook and a fearful outlook on things. But when we have God's peace, it'll guard your heart and it'll guard your mind. And despite the situation that you're going through, you'll have peace. God will help you through that situation. God will keep you. And you'll be able to enjoy all the things that God is doing in your lives. While you pray for the things and believe for the things that not have, have not yet come to pass, you'll be able to thank him for what he's doing today. That's God's promise for you tonight, church, as we bow our heads tonight. Thank you, Jesus.